This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Welcome to Warrior Watch here on BPN Radio this beautiful Wednesday, June the 1st. We're so excited to be with you here today. You can you also have an opportunity to hear this program again tonight at 7 p.m. I am so thankful for what uh, Dale Gentry is doing and this ministry is doing across America. I believe that there's going to be much fruit from this ministry and I'm excited about a prayer revival. That's what this ministry is about. It's about teaching and training and encouraging the body of Christ to rise up again and become the prayer warriors that God has called us to be. And so I'm thankful. I want to also encourage you to support this ministry. God is, this is God's ministry. Um, Papa Dale Gentry felt led of the Holy Spirit to literally shut down all of his traveling and just focus on this ministry. So this is an opportunity for you to be a a part of something that is really going to, I believe, going to be one of the avenues that God changes America with. I'm also so thankful to have Pastor Renee Mize, um, teacher Renee Mize, preacher Renee Mize. She's married to Dr. Terry Mize. She's an amazing woman of God. I met her the first time in 1998. Um, she was then the pastor and, and married to uh, her late husband, Dean Garner, and they pastored a church in Corpus Christi for 38 years. We had an opportunity to come, uh, me and my sister and, and brother-in-law, to come and minister and do worship for a revival, and that's how we met them. And I'll never forget how much I just loved her instantly. Um, One night we were sitting up and we just started talking about Jesus and the word of God. And I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever known a woman that knows so much Bible. And so she, she has made a huge impact on my life. And I'm so excited to have her here, to have her teaching and talking to you about the things that she's passionate about. Welcome, Miss Renee. Well, I'm just proud to be here. <laughs> I'm so thankful uh, for what the Lord has done in your life, Callie, and to see all the things that the Lord has led you through and brought you through. And it's just a wonderful opportunity for you and I to get to be together. And I'm just honored and thrilled to be with you. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy. One of the things that we were talking about the other day, and I, I really wanted you to... Um, just kind of break it down and nobody, I don't think there's anybody that can, that that can, maybe there's people that can match you, but I've no, there's not many of them. When you start talking about the word of God, Miss Renee knows the word of God. And one of the things we we wanted to talk about today was keeping Jesus in first place and, 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 and making ministry simple. And sometimes when you're dealing with leaders and pastors, we can, we can get things so complicated. So that's right. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you a question. What should the objective be for, for the leadership ministry? Well, uh, you know, the, it, it really needs to be uh, in the mind of pastors, basically, Callie, three things so that you don't 
uh, embellish. And like Jethro told Moses, you don't wear away you and the people. And that um, you really just focus on the fact that God's really called you to do only about three things. And those three things are, number one, I'll say them quickly here, preach the word in season and out. That's really your job is to minister the word of God. And you don't have to create children's ministry and youth ministry and the women's fellowship and the men's fellowship and youth camps and, (laughs) you know, all of these things that we get busy doing in churches. And we forget that really uh, the way that we keep Jesus first is to keep the word of God first. And so it's uh, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.1 to preach the word. And then throughout the Bible, uh, the, uh, the New Testament, language like watching for the people's souls and not put yokes on them that they cannot bear. Um, Just because we put religious opinion out there and then we, you know, somebody in the church um, decides we need to do this. And and maybe the, you know, someone that's a large contributor comes and tells you that you need to do this and you need to do that. Or, or some mother with a teenager that's having trouble tells you you need to start a program like this to help their child. Right, right. You know, you get pressured into doing a lot of things uh, that really add to the schedule of everyday Christians. And, and then people feel obligated that they need to come. They're not coming for the attending for the right purposes. And then you create this monster program that's got to keep being fed. You know know what? You are so right. When we first started a celebration of live church, of course, we were young and no matter how many, no matter how many pastors you've helped build churches, you don't have a clue to you build your own. No, that's exactly right. You really, you really don't have a clue. You may think you do if if you've been assistant or, but you really, there's parts of it that you just don't understand until you're carrying the weight of it yourself. And in the beginning, we learned, we learned that, you know, not every idea or not every even plan that God has is an immediate plan. And exactly. We, exactly. you know, in the beginning, we if we were we were reactive. Like if there was a problem, we'd have a program for it, or we'd find a leader, and we learn. You know what? Holy Ghost doesn't always work that way. And you, God may want you to start a ministry, but you have to wait on His timing, and His leader. And sometimes that is you know, six months. And sometimes that's five years down the road. Well, that's exactly right. And, and you get pressured into doing things because there's, there's a brush fire and, you know, right. and, and so many pastors end up just spending their time putting out brush fires right. and create and creating, uh, you know, some, another icon for the church to be involved in and really go back to the word of God Spend an afternoon with yourself in the Word of God, settle down, pray about it, and just step back from it and realize that the best way you can counsel your church and minister to your church is from the pulpit. And if they'll come on Sunday and Wednesday or Saturday and Wednesday, if they'll try to avail themselves every time the door is open, uh, then that's how you're going to counsel and minister and and lead them and shepherd them the best way from the Word of God. That's so awesome. I was looking at Matthew, you know, 23, verse 4. It said that the Pharisees, you know, it says they tie up heavy loads and put them on other people's shoulders. And, you know, that they're not even willing to do (laughs) themselves. You know, pastors don't even want to come to all those meetings sometimes. No, no, we need a break too. Right. So, number one, keep the word first. 
Preach okay. the word in season and out. That's your job is to learn the word of God. People would ask me all the time, Callie, how do you know so much Bible? <laughs> and I would say, I read. <laughs> I spend time with the words. <laughs> you know, I actually read my Bible. What a concept. And I, I study and I, I pray and I just minister out of the overflow of what's in my own heart. And then I don't try to put something heavy on somebody else to in my church. You know, I just felt like it, if I ever pastored again, I'd, I'd just keep it real simple. You know, no more programs. And then the third thing for pastors to do is keep the wolves out. Like Paul said in Acts chapter 20, he said, I know that when I leave, he said, grievous wolves shall enter in, not sparing the flock. And he said, they'll rise up from within the flock and they'll come, try to come in from outside the flock. So the, the pastoral ministry, if you're going to keep it simple, it's preach the word in season and out. Watch for the people's souls. Everything you say, everything you do, everything you preach is going to have some kind of emotional and mental effect on that congregation. Right. And so you need to make sure that you study to how to say the word of God. And that all takes time. It's keeping the word as, as the focus, but then learning how to have our words seasoned with salt. That comes from an inner personal instruction that every pastor and leader is only going to learn by spending time with the Holy Ghost That's and the it. Word of God. And then that overall overview vision of keeping the wolves out, you have to watch and be discerning, not accusing, not suspicious, not, not fearful, uh, not, not always critical and criticizing. Sure. Keep, keep your criticism at a minimum. And then uh, just keep ministry simple by sound teaching and dependence on the Holy Spirit. That's I mean, it. To me, that that's it. You know, that's, that's it. it. And what and listening to the Holy Spirit for His timing, because you know, here's the thing: there are elements. You're right. the The focus is prayer and teaching God's Word, because that will fix everything. <laughs> well, it really does. And you know, and if the pastor doesn't do it, the how congregation are you won't. <laughs> well, and and you won't even have. Uh, you know, you won't have that sound of authority in your voice. That's it. And I, and that only comes from spending time personally in the word of God as a leader and your personal prayer time. It's like your spirit is the greenhouse that everything else is going to bloom out of for that ministry and congregation, as well as your, you and your own family. I mean, you've got, you know, the, the thing about Christianity, Callie, is that it is, um, it's not a cult where everybody has to come to one place and bow down to one leader. Um, Christianity is per person, per relationship, and it makes the, every individual autonomous over their own personal relationship, how much or how little they want to have with the Lord being through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So it puts all the responsibility back on every single believer. So we can't blame somebody and we can't always point the finger that that's the problem. Right. No, it, it's going to come out of me. You're it's exactly, gonna you're exactly it's gonna right. It's going to come out of me. I can't, the pastor can't blame the people and the people can't blame the pastor. It's going to come out of what's coming out of my heart. One of the and things, my, one of the things, my heart's, <laughs> I'm sorry. If my heart's full of the Holy Ghost and my heart is full of the precepts and the uh, renewed mind of the Word of God, right. then I'm, I'm going to be honest and forthright right. and bold in what the Lord has told me to say. One of the things, uh, Renee, that I preached on Sunday morning and that God's been really dealing with me about, and it's a simple, simple concept, is he said, 
I'm teaching my people to be the keeper of the flame. Right. And I, right. I, I said, what do you mean by that? And he took me to the 10 virgins. And uh, five, right. yeah, yeah, the ten virgins, and they're they're going out to meet the bridegroom. And of course, five, they all had oil when they left, but five exactly. of them were wise and took extra oil, and then five were foolish. And then you right. know you know the story. They get there, the bridegroom delays. They don't have enough oil. They start begging the wise ones for their oil, and before you know it, they're having right. to run back. And one of the things I told the church Sunday morning, I said, God has paid the price for us for everything. We it, we have it all. We've got the word of God. We've got the power of God. He's, exactly. he, he died for us on the cross. Salvation is ours. Redemption is ours. Um, you know, a new, we're new creations in Christ. Uh, but we do have to keep the flame. We got to trim the wick and keep the oil in. We exactly. got to keep ourselves full of the oil. And the way you do that is through prayer and the word of God. And well, that's right. If we don't do that, then we're going to run low and nothing will operate the way God intends for it to operate. And one of the things I said Sunday is I want to get when I get to heaven, I want to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I also want to know that I I don't want to, the Lord to show me, Callie, here's where I was going to take you and here's right. where you went <laughs> because you did not keep, you didn't, you didn't trim your wick. I well, want him to right. say, Callie, you, you know what? You, you had some issues. You had some problems. You went through some things, but girl, you learned how to keep your lamp full of oil and your, right. and you, and you learned how to stay in my presence and you finished your course and you, and you ran out your destiny. Well, that's exactly right, and it has it, it. It you know that parable proves something else too. God's not a socialist. You know, <laughs> he didn't make him. He didn't make the five. He didn't make the five that kept their oil. Share with the ones that didn't. You Thank know? God, he's democratic, and and he's a you know he he's he's a, a capitalist in the yes, sense that is. you know even with the, the parable of the talents, he did the same thing. Yes, you know, he so is. There, there's there's all there's there's all kinds of ways for us to learn from the Word of God, and it's always in layers. And yes. as you learn the word of God, it's per person and it's per where you are in life. You know, you can read one scripture of the Bible today and a year from now, go back and read it and it'll have an enlightened another level of, of insight for you uh, for where you are right now at the moment. So it's real incumbent upon every leader in the body of Christ, whether they be a pastor, um, evangelist, prophet, apostle, um, teacher, whoever you are teaching the children, you're going to preach the word of God. You're going to influence, and all ministry is his influence. You're going to influence people for the goodness and things of the kingdom of God by what comes out of your own spirit. And if you don't keep it simple, like preach the word in season and out, watch for people's souls and not put yokes on them that they can't bear right. and keep the wolves out, um, then you're going to end up diverting everybody's attention on a hundred thousand things other than Jesus. Right. And he has to be the Lord of the, our heart. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. You know, in the years that I, I got to know you um, in the nineties, I remember so many things that you were doing that were really just so effective in the kingdom of God. But I, the thing that I loved about you the most is your, I, you know, I, could feel and sense that you had a that you had a a real a walk with the Lord and you were a praying woman, 
And uh, during those times, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's you know we're we're not perfect. No, no, God knows none of us are perfect. (laughs) But if we are, you know, learning our Bible, studying our Bible, doing our dead level best to live by the Word of God. Spending time with Jesus every day and not, not some checkoff list. It's not about, you know, no, putting, on my, putting on right. my spiritual badge. But no, it's, it can't be robotic in any way. No, but I remember, you know, you, I remember some of the, for years, you did a radio show. Uh, about right. 15 years in Corpus Christi. I remember tuning right, right. in. <laughs> we would come down there on the weekends and do ministry. And then I'd be driving home to head back to work to Houston. And I would tune in on your uh, radio show during the week. And I remember how blessed I was. You were preaching the word of God. You were reaching out, but there was a prayer mantle that was coming through. And really everything is based on our, our prayer walk, everything. Well, it is. And it's, it's like, you know, prayer is the largest to me, Callie, prayer is the largest, um, subtitle, I guess, under Jesus that you could put in in the word of God, because it covers everything. It covers worship. It covers uh, praise. It it covers dancing before the Lord. You know, it covers confessing the word of God for by faith to receive. Prayer is is a is the whole communication system of heaven and the and the realm of of the supernatural and the unseen realm. And if we don't accelerate uh, that prayer, because you you learned sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit through your own personal prayer time, and then when it, the conversation um, or the language that the Holy Spirit speaks is the Word of God. So it's learning a new language. It's learning a new person in your own heart mm-hmm. to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit, not mm-hmm. the, just the voice of your own soul. Right. And uh, it, it's it's the working of that together because God God wants to be a co-laborer with us. You know, it's not just Him or just us, but it's with us. You know, I heard a minister say yesterday. I was listening to a minister that was really effective, and I, I enjoyed listening to him. But and I, I've gotten to this place. He said, "We don't need to pray for open doors. We right. are the open door." Yeah, when I get there, God, I always say when I get there, God gets there. That's exactly right. If we'll just we'll just listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, my mother and daddy were recovering alcoholics and, and they were, you know, they didn't have uh, the level of knowledge that me and my sister have. But we used to go to AA meetings and they would teach these these people one day at a time. Well, really, that's a concept we should all live by. Uh, well, it's what you just said about the, the five wise virgins versus the five foolish is that you keep your lamp, your wick trimmed. In other words, you keep it ready to burn. Yes. That if God wants you to go burn and minister to, to this person over here at the grocery store, you're ready. If God wants you to minister to your neighbor, you're ready. If God wants you to minister to someone that's at your child's school that you happen to having to go by that day, um, you're always ready. You know, I and had the, something happen to me, Miss Renee. I was headed last weekend to Vancouver to preach. And I I had my mind, I was getting on the plane and I really had had four services or five services to preach. And so I thought, you know, I had my mind on what I was doing and didn't really want to talk to anybody. Have you ever been that way where you just want to to get on the plane, (laughs) you want them to hand you your peanuts and your water and you don't want to talk to anybody. And that's the kind You don't want to be an evangelist. I I didn't want to win any souls. I didn't want to pray for the sick. I mean, I just was in, I wanted to get ready to go do it tomorrow. Right, right. (laughs) I sat down on the plane and 
I saw this, this young girl coming toward me and the Holy Spirit said, uh, put your books away and look at her. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, when you hear the voice of the Lord, so I said, I said, okay. So I put my stuff down and he said, I want you to show my love to her. She's special. And I have a call of God on her. There's a call of God on her. So I said, okay. So, oh, that's wonderful. So she sat down beside me, and, you know, uh, I told the church Sunday, I said I didn't immediately start speaking in tongues and prophesying over her. I didn't. I, I had a normal conversation with her right, right. and to build some trust so that she wouldn't think that she just fell into some kind of a crazy pit. And, <laughs> but through the course of that conversation, Miss Renee, uh, I began to find out things about her, and uh, she works for a, a nonprofit that does amazing. They go into these low-income schools and they teach these kids how to. Uh, they build gardens, and then they there's a very wealthy uh, man that if I mentioned his name, you would know him. He builds these restaurants, and all the proceeds go to these these um, neighborhoods where these kids don't have a lot of opportunity. Okay, and I begin to ask her some spiritual questions, and through the leading of the Holy Ghost, she began to cry. And I began, oh and the Lord gave me a prophetic word about, and a word of knowledge about her soon-to-be husband, and she just broke down and bawled. Oh my and, goodness! And we just had a—I mean, there was a real revival moment there, and it was because I was willing to just stop, get my mind off what I thought I had to do, and focus on my wick for that moment. <laughs> well, you know, you learn so much. It's the same thing, Callie, as Jesus saying, um, what the conversation he had with the woman at the well and the disciples came back to him and said, you know, you know, what are you doing? And you know, he says, I have meat I, or I have bread that you know not of. Right. And it was, and it was the giving out of himself to that woman at the well. That, that's, a, that's my favorite story in the whole New Testament because you learn so much from Jesus' tone and how he ministered to that one person. You know, and he spent all night in prayer. He spent all the time that he had, you know, getting himself ready. And then he just went out every day and he just have conversations with people. And that's, and that's really what we should do, be doing with the ministry. We're not just out there with our Bible in hand with a militant look on our face and we're going to go defeat. We just show up and God's got something for us to do. Miss Renee, I want to take a real quick break, and we're going to uh, play one of my favorite worship songs. It's a new worship song off of a Life Worship Collective called Your Promises Remain. We're going to take oh, a yes. break and Wonderful. play that. Uh, uh, it's sung by Whitney Mooring, uh, Michael W. Smith's oldest daughter, a beautiful song. Right, right. And so I'd like to play that, and then we're going to return back and talk about, you know, what our mission is um, we know now what we've got to do to keep right. the to keep right. the fire bor- burning in our lives and to be to be everything that Jesus wants us to be. But I want to also talk about the mission, our mandate, and our call. So I'll welcome you back in just a few moments. Um, y'all enjoy your promises remain. Your love is enough.
I'm so excited to have her. I want her to 
do a quick recap of what we just talked about and then talk about the purpose that God saved us, healed us, delivered us, set us free, and what we're called to do. Okay, well, here we go. We, had, we were just talking earlier a few moments ago about what is the objective for really leadership in ministry. And my attitude has always been to keep it very simple. The more we complicate it, uh, the Jews couldn't do all those abhosts and toldos and everything the Pharisees attached to the Ten Commandments. You know, and <laughs> they couldn't mm-hmm. even do the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we have to always keep breaking it down to one thing or two things or three things at the most. So we're uh, pastors, leaders, everybody listen up here. You're always going to, number one thing, Paul told Timothy, is preach the word in season and out, First Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4.1. Yes. Then you watch for the people's souls and you, you begin to really realize, like Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 4, that you don't put yokes on the people that right. they cannot bear. You have to be careful not to oppress the people with preaching that beats the sheep rather than feed the Amen. sheep. Amen. You know, and, and that's always the objective, that you want to preach happy, not mad. And you want to <laughs> yes. preach hope. You want to preach hope. You don't want to preach, uh, you know, fear and condemnation right. and worry. We can preach the truth to people, but the Holy Ghost is the one that's going to convict hearts and change minds. Amen. And then, then the third thing is keep the wolves out, like Acts 20, like Paul said. You've got to keep your ministry simple just by teaching the Word of God and training the people how to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And and all of we can we're going to do all that. You know, the thing is, you will you'll keep it simple and you'll right. stay with the course if right. you stay in his presence and in his word. That's right. You, you know, and you get it sidetracked ha- when you don't. Well, that's right. There has to be a personal desperation and hunger in each of us to realize we don't have anything to help the drastic, tragic things that happen in people's lives. Yes. If we don't do it from the word of God and by the Holy ghost, that's yes. always the answer. It, it, there are two phrases in the new Testament. that will keep you straight. It is written and by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Don't, don't ever forget those two phrases. Yes. Jesus beat the devil with it is written. And the, and when Mary, little Virgin Mary, asked the angel, how in the world am I going to have a baby without ever knowing yes. a man? The answer was by the, the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. Keep those two phrases fresh in your life. It is written and by the Holy Ghost. You are right. That is literally the mandate for victorious living. It is. It's and, that and simple. Lead, if leadership makes it more than that, we have we have really complicated our life and we're going to end up oppressing the people and not letting them be delivered. That's so awesome. Now, will you talk, Miss Renee, about our purpose and, and what God has right. called us to do as far as right. mankind is concerned? Right, right. You know, I've, after pastoring our church there in Corpus Christi for 38 years with Dean Garner, Um, He and I were married, you know, 44 years and the love of my life. And I I thought, you know, it would go on forever. And uh, I'd be buried in South Texas and and my kids and everybody be there with me. And and, uh, Dean became ill and fought the good fight of faith. And and here I am now, um, uh, nearly two years married to my longtime buddy and friend, uh, that was Dean's best friend, pastor, um, uh, you know, apostle, missionary, evangelist, Terry Mize. And yes. um, and he and I, are, you know, I've had to find purpose, Callie. 
No, I'm, I'm talking to you about this of like, well, what's my purpose when all your dreams are gone and <laughs> yeah. dead and every and everything you ever thought was going to be, you know, the way it was. And then all of a sudden one day you stand up and you realize my kids are grown. Yeah. You know, they're they're gone. My husband's dead. And now what in the world does God have for me? Where's right. my purpose? Where do I fit? You know, and I have I've had to seek the Lord. I mean, this is a personal uh, testimony for me to realize that that you know you you have to keep your heart right that's right and you and you have to do it with uh, a sense of not just a good idea but you've got to follow the holy ghost and that requires living by faith yes. and uh, boy did i you know I, I don't have time here today to go into all of the things god did and i continued to pastor the church um, for two years, even after Dean died. And so now I've got a whole new purpose. I went from being a stable kind of every day, the same kind of thing, rhythm of a pastor's wife to now I'm in a different hotel and airplane every weekend, you know, <laughs> or a different country. And, uh, like we came in last night and, uh, barely got in bed and got packed and got up this morning. And we've got to leave again today around one o'clock to go yes. to Dallas. So, uh, Terry's preaching at, on brother Co at uh, the Copeland's wonderful church, the Eagle mountain international church to Wednesday night with, um, uh, we just love the pastors there. Uh, George and Terry Pearson's she, they are, uh, brother Copeland's daughter and son-in-law. And that church is in the middle of revival. Amen. And so I'm always having to adjust what, you know, my overall description of what I do, but my purpose is always out there to, you know, lift up the name of Jesus and give life to the people. Yes. That has that has been Terry's mantra, and Dean and I have adapted adapted that through the years. We heard Terry say that over and over: lift up the name of Jesus and give life to the people. Well, you can take that everywhere. That, you yes, know? you can. You know, and I, I always go back to to these books of First and Second Timothy and Titus. And then also the books of First and Second Peter, because there's such instruction in there for the church. And, you know, and Paul told Timothy, and, and if, you, if you go back and read that over and over and over again, read, reading through First and Second Timothy, he said, Oh, Timothy, look to yourself. He said, Some have made shipwreck of their faith by, and then he tells you three things that people do to lose sight of their purpose and have shipwreck. He said, They've laid aside a clear conscience. They've laid aside real sincere faith. In other words, they're not lauding themselves, but they're lifting up the name of Jesus and they're living by faith and they don't tout their faith accomplishments. They lift up the word of God in right, the name of Jesus. Right, right. And then it says they've laid aside a pure heart. So you don't ever want to lay aside having a clear conscience, a sincere heart faith. Yes. And pure, and keeping a pure heart. And then Second Corinthians four one and two. Um, I'm telling you this because that scripture is so very, very important. He said, "We have laid aside disgraceful ways, cunning and trickery that would manipulate people." And he said, "And we commend ourselves in the sight of God and man." So if you'll look at First and Second Timothy and Second Corinthians four, those books and verses of the Bible will help you keep your eyes clear and your mind sound wow. so that you can hear and understand yes. what the Holy Ghost is telling you. All ministry and anointing will flow really free from a, the well of a pure heart and yes. soul. Yes. So, And Paul told Timothy these kinds of phrases. He said, hold fast, Timothy. Guard, Timothy. Guard with the greatest care the Word of God. Keep And it causes you in the ministry 
to keep your purpose out there of really lifting up the name of Jesus and, and helping the people, and you keep your gift fresh and stirred by the your own inward presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. And then you begin to look at everybody, too, when, when we're walking in that type of relationship. Right, right. Then, then soul winning and reaching out, whether it's to exactly. missions or it's, you know, soul winning in your neighborhood, soul winning in your right, city, right, soul right. winning across the world. That is a byproduct well, it really is. You know, the main thing, the, the church gets mixed up on this because of the one place Jesus said, go and make disciples. All the other books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, the Great Commission, the purpose of the church was to go out and win souls. And yet the church, we try to embellish everything about making the disciples and keeping Sister Tutti Fruity happy and, you know, Sister Bucket Mouth under control and, <laughs> and you know, and, and Dr. Diddle, Brother Hagen always said, yes. you know. Uh, his ego fed, and we make we make church about everything but winning souls. Yes, and yes. and we try to make church so perfect. The carpet's right, the sounds right, the nursery's right, everything's right. We've got all of our, and you know, and it'll never be right for some people. They're always going to complain and criticize. So we have to be about the master's business, and that is soul winning. Yes, we we can't get sidetracked by trying to redecorate the house, try to make everybody happy in the house trying to keep the house filled with, you know, everybody, every seat filled. Um, if we will really keep us right, our heart right, stay full of the Holy Ghost, the miracles are going to show up. The correction is going to show up. The training and the teaching, the chastising, it's all going to show up in the ministry. Yeah. People, people will get corrected, helped, healed, taught, and trained if we just keep those things going all the time. And if we keep ourselves full... Um, of the Holy Ghost. I mean, God's going to be able to do all that. And But we've got to keep the purpose out there in front of the people, Callie, all the time, is we're about winning souls. We're not about just making you happy. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're about winning souls. Yes. We're not just about keeping you so-called, quote, unquote, blessed. Yes. Um, Church is not about being blessed. Church is going to be about being taught, being obedient, and being go win equipped. some more souls. Yes. Yeah, being, go, being equipped to go out and win some more yes. souls. We are if the we, ministry. We yeah, are the if ministry. We, yeah, if we keep it about making everybody happy and feeling loved and the warm fuzzies they get when they come to church, we have watered down and done down the gospel. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I've been listening to, of course, I, you know, you know this. You know a lot about our family. We are we are revivalists from way back. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that's the oh, heart no, no, that's and right. core of everything that we desire and want. And so right. I listen to all types of uh, men and women of God that have been in these major revivals. And um, I was listening to uh, John Kilpatrick give a little bit of his testimony uh, the other day about, you know, uh, the prayer revival that preceded the revival that hit Brownsville. Right. And the the intimacy and the desire right. for the Lord and right. how that the Lord, he got to a place where he was just, uh, he actually said this. He said, we built a building. It was perfect. All the carpet was perfect. Everything was just perfect. He said, I had a big church. I had, you know, people were inviting me to preach everywhere. My, my building was beautiful and I was miserable. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he found himself. Exactly. He found himself so hungry for God, and he. And then they started that prayer, that prayer movement. And they turned their Sunday night service into a prayer movement, 
And he said, for the first year, the devil got on his shoulder and said, people are going to leave your church. You know, you, you call yeah. a prophetic meeting or you call some great speaker <laughs> in and they'll, they'll yeah. line up from here to Canada. Yeah. But you call well, a you prayer meeting and, and it's the faithful few. You know. Yeah, you you can still have everything perfect and still have strife and contention and backbiting because people start still trying to make the soul happy instead of the Holy Ghost happy. And I, I, I wanted to share these, these five simple things. Um, you know, I always try to break it down to one or two or three or four things, not 15 things. But, but if pastors and leaders, Callie, all of us, will just realize what what church is really for. Uh, we're, we're supposed to teach the people how to pray their own prayers, right. how, to use, how to use their own faith. Yes. You know, and, and I really think if money answers all things, we've got to teach people how to value money, how to believe for their money, manage their money, tithe and give and invest their money. Yes. You know, so, so that's the third thing. Learn how to value money. Then how to work faithfully. How to work. People don't know how to work a lot that's of times. That's exactly right. I mean, they don't. if they're inconvenienced or out of their comfort zone, boy, they drop it like a hot potato. <laughs> um, and so, so it's, it's pray their own prayers, use their own faith, value money, how to work. And then that'll help them all how to win souls. Yes, yes. And that's, that's really, if we're going back to the three things pastors ought to do, <laughs> and we go back to the to the things that simply that Paul told Timothy and Titus to do. And then we look at well, what, what, what is church really? What are leaders supposed to be teaching you? If you're a church member, what is my pastor really obligated to do? Well, in preaching and teaching and, and being filled with the Holy Ghost, the word of God, he's really there to only teach you how to learn to pray your own prayers. Right. So you're not, so you're not codependent on right. somebody else to Absolutely. do your praying for you. Then you're there to learn to use your own faith, by, right. and we teach you how to feed your own self on the Word of God, so you're not codependent on the ministry, and Absolutely. you don't, yeah, and you don't deify us over somebody else. And then we're there to teach you how to handle your money, so you don't have a crisis every payday, you know. Absolutely. And then we're teaching, we're going to teach you how to work with other people, and not live in strife and contention, and how to respect and honor people, and actually get the job done. And that's all going to domino into the number one thing of the kingdom of God, and that's how to win souls. Yeah, because here's at that point, not only do you have a good emotional health, spiritual right. health, exactly. you're financially sound, and you've right. got uh, time, you know how to manage your time and your money, and you're going to pour it into the kingdom of God. But like, exactly. I, like I said with um, Pastor John, when he got to that place, he just said, you know, he said, I was praying and he said, I was spending time in the word. I was not backslid, but he said, God wanted me to go to the next level. And he well, talked about praying in the Holy Ghost and I and taking and really making prayer a point that something that was a major focus of his church. And uh, I really believe if we do these things, like you said, and we spend time with the Holy Ghost and we, we, we study the word and we live and breathe by the Holy Ghost, the byproduct of that is revival. It's revival. Well, it is. And, and it's the, you know, it, it just comes out of who we are as people. It doesn't come out of a textbook or a program, yes. um, you know, and, and that, again, it goes back to um, just that inward personal heart of the leader yes. and those that are in the church of what God can do within that group of people. So uh, the, the bottom line, you know, is, is winning souls. And it's keeping the church in a position where that's the vision, not keeping you happy. 
That's not exactly keeping, right. You know, <laughs> my job is not to keep you happy. My job is to teach you how to pray your own prayers and use your own faith, how to handle and value your money, how to learn to work with others and work to achieve uh, the goal of going into all the world and preaching the gospel and winning souls. That, yeah. That's what we're, that's what pastors and leaders are for. It, we've got to tread very carefully when we begin to expand that by method in our own churches and, and places and states and countries that we live in. Well, we're not called to entertain. We're not, no, called, right. we're not called to put together pro- programs for entertainment. And you can fill things, you can fill churches up with great entertainment, but that doesn't right. mean it's, ne- you can fill churches up with people, but it doesn't mean it's the church. No, and, that's and, right. and God has called us to build the church, the kingdom of God. I want to take another break here for a song uh, that I love so much by Chris Tomlin called At the Cross. And then we're sure. going to come back, uh, uh, Pastor Renee, and we're going to pray for the leaders and God's people uh, that God will just literally ignite a hunger for his word and for his presence. Um, okay. Chris Tomlin, At the Cross. a place where mercy reigns and never dies there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide where all the
Love that song. Appreciate what God is doing. And I've so enjoyed having Pastor Renee Garner, Renee Mize, I'm sorry. I, That's I, all right. I you still, know, people I, don't know what, yeah, yeah, I, people don't know whether to call me Renee Garner Mize <laughs> or Renee Mize or Renee Garner or, you know, but um, Terry and I will be married two years in September. So. Yeah. So Renee Mize, but most of all, mighty woman of God. Thank I, you. Renee, Thank you. I want you to uh, take some time and pray for the pastors and leaders that are listening uh, I really believe that God has called you to help the body of Christ. And I want you to pray for us and impart. And just, I believe God's going to do something so special when, when you pray today. Amen. Well, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, <laughs> and we, we are so grateful that your word that we have, we know and we study and we pray and, and work with every single day that your word can put words in our mouth yes. that will cause us to say things that are uh, accepted and right in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that the promise of God is to help, not to hurt us, yes. that you are, you have got an answer for us at every turn. And that as you were with the children of Israel um, on every side, you're yes. going to be with us here in the church in the 21st century to help us yes. lead and uh, exalt the name of Jesus. So we thank you for all of that. And we pray today for yes. leaders everywhere in the body of Christ, every person that has seen the need for influence to help lift up a standard to say, this is the way turn over here. Look to Jesus yes. that we get all the stumbling. I, I just pray, Lord, that pastors and leaders today will will clear their agendas, yes. and that and that they will get, as Isaiah said, get the stumbling blocks out of the way of yes. the spiritual return of my people, so that the church will come back to center yes. and will begin to lift up the name of Jesus and let people be drawn to that name, yes, and that people will in turn then learn how to be helped by the promises of God. Yes, Father, Lord. we just pray today that the Holy Ghost yes. will wake up the mighty men. Yes. The, the Holy Ghost will wake up people of influence, yes. that the Holy Ghost will stir up the gifts of God in leaders that they have been uh, concerned about or are afraid to or insecure about walking in. Lord, that they will obey your voice, yes. that they yes. will not listen to the voice of another person, but they'll listen to the voice of yes. the Holy Spirit and go out in counsel and in wisdom with the supernatural power and yes. wisdom of the Holy Ghost, and they will walk in the ministry gift you've called them to do, will be obedient yes, sheep, Lord. and will do it with the power and the grace of God on us that will bring great favor in the hearts and lives of people. So, Father, today, Callie and I agree together yes. that your anointing will break the yoke, that the Word of God will be strongly preached in America without yes. compromise yes. and that people will get on their knees again and begin to pray and hunger after the will of yes. God, your, that your people will turn from any wicked way that is not pleasing in your sight, that your people will turn from doing their own way and begin to do the will of God and focusing on helping others and lifting up the name of Jesus. Father, we exalt yes. you today. We lift up that marvelous Hallelujah. name of Jesus. We Hallelujah. stand against the regions of hell to kill, steal, and destroy. And we say the yes, word of God Jesus. will prevail. The will of God will prevail and that God 
will be able to show through the church the many-sided wisdom of God and all of its infinite variety to the world that needs and so desperately needs the name of Jesus, the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And they won't have to go to a devil's hell and they can live forever with the Lord Jesus Christ and all the rest of us happy folks. We give you the glory, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing today all across America, north to south, east to west, in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I just thank you for... I thank you for Renee Mize. I thank you for Dr. Terry Mize. I thank you for what they're doing in the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord, that they're preaching the word of God all across America and the world. I thank you, God, for a Bible revival. God, I just thank you that you're going <laughs> to that you are amen. bringing a Bible revival to the Church of the Living God, and we are going we are becoming so hungry for your word and for your truth. I thank you, Lord, for a prayer revival, God, that is saturating this nation. We are calling forth the giant that has been asleep. God, we're calling forth this thing called the church in America. Lord, you're awakening this church. You're awakening the church of the living God to a Bible revival. You're awakening this church to a prayer revival. Lord, that, that we're going to, the things that we're running to, to try to satisfy the soul are going to just become more and more empty. But God, we're going to have a desire for prayer, a desire for your word, a desire to, to run to your sanctuary, to gather with your people, Lord, to, right. to go out into the highways and the byways and preach the gospel and love people, love people into your kingdom, Lord, to show them the love of Jesus, to show them the power of God that's demonstrated in our own lives. They can see God, you working in our lives, Father, and they'll want the Jesus that's inside of us. We just call forth a Bible revival, a Holy Ghost prayer revival. We thank you, Lord, for raising up churches all across America that are preaching the gospel, that are praying for hours. We declare, Lord, that these churches not only know how to present the gospel, but we live the gospel. It's one thing to present the gospel on Sunday morning, but God, we need to go out and and be the gospel, be the hands and feet of Jesus, be the mouth of Jesus, be the love of Jesus. Go into the restaurants and people know that there's something different about us. Go into Walmart and give words of knowledge and encouragement and dig for the gold in people's lives. I just declare it and decree it in Jesus' name. I'm excited. I'm excited about what you're doing, Jesus. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving Renee. I thank you for loving our families. I thank you for bringing us through some of the toughest times of our life. We adore you in Jesus' name. Now, Miss Renee, real quickly, tell us where you and and Dr. Terry are going to be in the next few days and how people can find you. Well, first of all, they can go to Terry's website. In fact, we're launching a brand new website here with just in the next few days, and it's terrymiseministries.org. And um, they can go to that website, and they can um, check out our schedule and see any of the products that Terry has put out. Wonderful. uh, All the different things that we're doing. This Wednesday night, Terry's going to be at Eagle Mountain International Church in Wonderful. Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, that's rather uh, on the Kenneth Copeland Ministries property there just west of Fort Worth. And uh, 
they can go online to KCM, Kenneth Colton Ministries, and find out. And and then they, if they want to attend, but they can also listen on and watch it online Wednesday night. Hallelujah. And it's e- EMIC website. And then uh, next Sunday, we're going to be up in Oregon. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And then the next Sunday, we're in Los Angeles. And then I think I think we're going to Mexico City after that to be with uh, Terry's mentor, longtime mentor, Wayne Myers. And uh, then we'll be over in Louisiana, South Louisiana, and Lake Charles after that. And then we're up in Michigan after that. And <laughs> so you're just, just all over. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I am definitely, you are a treasure. You're a treasure to the body Thank of Christ. You, Kelly. You've you been a too. treasure in my life. I honor you. You're an amazing you, woman of you, God. I've you. watched you go through some of the toughest times, and you have stood the test. And I am so proud of you and so honored to have you as a friend and one of my mentors. And I want to have you back on a regular basis on the Warrior Watch. And I also want to have Dr. Terry with us. We're going to plan to have him with us. He's a mighty man of God. Oh, my goodness, yes. And just done. He's got, between the two of us, we've got nearly 100 years of ministry experience. And, um, both been in the ministry now nearly 50 years. Well, that's amazing. I, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I honor you. I've enjoyed having you. I just pray for everyone that was listening today. I hope you have a wonderful day. You can uh, tune in tonight at 7 and hear this program again. I want to invite you to be a part of our Warrior Chicks. Uh, it's warrior-chicks.com. It's a ministry uh, that I am leading that is just basically leading women in prayer and in the world. Word and, and in their dedication towards Christ. We have a meeting here in Houston this uh, Friday night at 7 p.m. We're going to have a powerful speaker. Uh, my sister will be there leading that, Pastor Cindy Mooring, uh, doing prophetic and word and worship, and, and we'd love for you to join us. We love you and have a wonderful, wonderful day. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.